to Writer's Showcase. I am your host, Jennifer Ann Gordon, the author of the award-winning novel Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, as well as the Hotel series, which includes From Daylight to Madness and When the Sleeping Dead Still Talk. I am joined today by a fellow New Hampshire native, fantastic author, V.S. Holmes. Welcome, V. Thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. Um, it's already been fun. It's already been fun. <laughs> it's, it's already been fun. Uh, v, can you tell our viewers a little bit more about you and about your work? Sure thing. Um, so, hi, I'm V.S. Holmes. Um, I am a sci-fi fantasy author. I like to focus on diverse and queer characters. And um, currently, I'm writing my Star's Edge Nell Bentley books, which is a snarky sci-fi, um, sort of lesbian archaeologist in space. And my day job is also as an archaeologist, so hence the lovely hotel background. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I love the fact that you're an archaeologist. I just find this so incredibly fascinating. Did you Me go too. to? <laughs> did you, I mean you must? Uh, is it like Indiana Jones or some, like a little sometimes. bit more laid back? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's a lot of empty holes. Um, you know, there's there's definitely some frustrations and some colorful characters. Um, and you know, I'd like to think most of us would punch Nazis, but yeah. um, it's it's not nearly as as uh, exciting. There's not quite as many life or death situations. Oh, that's why you write the way you do. Yes. I think, probably. <laughs> Hello, Allison. <laughs> She's like a lesbian archaeologist in space. <laughs> yes, more of that. The world needs more of that. Um, so did you go to school for archaeology? Or is... uh, kind of. <laughs> it's okay to say kind of. <laughs> I Not, not intentionally. Um, I was in pre-med. And oh, I, I was doing healthcare. I, I worked, um, you know, I, my previous career was, was in healthcare and that's sort of what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I've, I've always been interested in people and how people work both like up here and you know, <laughs> physically and stuff. And then, um, I, you know, as, as I was studying, I kind of stumbled into an archeological opportunity. Um, it, it sort of sounds like the beginning of like an, an uncharted game. Um, I, I was on a ferry going to a funeral and there was a gentleman across from me reading a really interesting article, you know, and, and, and I'm really into like human evolution and things like that. And this was about the earliest seafarers and this site that, that was sort of proving that Homo erectus was seafaring. And I just thought that was super cool. And, um, I asked him about it and if, if I could read the article after he was done and he said, well, actually that's my site. And it turns out we were going to the same funeral. So <laughs> New England's a you know, small I was going to say, so. is this your husband now? No, no. <laughs> no, this was a, this, this was a, a family friend. Okay. I okay did then I married. <laughs> <laughs> I did meet my husband through, through archaeology. Um, but no, I, I just found out about this site and he said, well, you know, we're, we're looking for volunteers. And if you can get yourself there, you can, you can help. And so I started digging and I just, never look back. Um, you know, it, it gets under your skin in a way that is very, at least for me, very spiritual, very visceral. And, um, I, I, I didn't change my major. My, my major was still, you know, biology. Um, but I, I just started digging instead. And I, I sort of joke that, that I like my, my people dead instead of alive. And that's why I switched from pre-med to, to archaeology. Well, I, I, I think this is so fascinating because what's weird is my former boss at my dance studio, she and her husband were amateur archaeologists. 
in New Hampshire, of course. I um, probably know them. <laughs> I know. So I was just like, is it like who? <laughs> Me. I'm, you might, we might know all of the same people. Um, it's a very, very small world, which is not, not always great. But. <laughs> Especially in New England. It's just like, <laughs> everybody knows everybody, except somehow you and I have not met in real life. I know. I, I was saying to someone recently, I'm like, oh, I'm going to talk to like this, this redheaded woman from, from New Hampshire. This redheaded woman. <laughs> How many? <laughs> like, I, I thought that's you. Not quite. Not quite. Um, so, okay, archaeology. What is the weirdest thing you've found? Weirdest? Um, well, we find a lot of weird stuff. I mean, we, we work on power lines. We work you know, in the boonies, um, we find a lot of, you know, pretty strange things that people leave in the woods, but that, that's more modern stuff though, like modern trash. Um, you know, every time we find a tarp that's half buried, we're like, Oh God, you know, like here it is. You're here, finding yeah. a dead body. <laughs> um, I've, I've, I've heard this podcast before. Mm-hmm. I know how it starts. Yeah. It's, it's a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, th- thankfully we've never found any modern human remains um, okay that was going to be my next question so have <laughs> no. you found a body um definitely definitely you know older you know native remains things like that for sure um and you know there's a lot of cemetery relocation projects that get done in new england because you know we're all crammed in here um but just like weirdest stuff like weird people's trash um i found bloody articles of clothing in the woods things like that um <laughs> But the, the coolest thing, like archaeologically wise, um, the coolest thing, um, I found a, a knife, a stone knife that was 13,000 years old. And that one came back positive for bear DNA when we did the protein residue analysis. And that's just that is so like, cool. It, it just like the, the power to holding something that like someone made. And the last time someone touched it was thousands of years ago. Yes. It's like kind of does it, your head in sometimes i was gonna say it, it it's humbling mm-hmm. and frightening at the same yes. time i would think i would be scared yeah, i'd be scared in a good way but i like to be scared it's, in a good way. it's it's i don't know it's, it's just a very powerful feeling and if if anyone has watched the film the dig on netflix um I, we, we watched it this winter and a lot of the theory in that movie about the connection of of humanity and just the, the connection we have to each other through time, uh, you know, it, that really struck me as, as how I feel about archaeology. Oh and also gosh. that's something I, I try and put in my books, you know, especially with, with Nell, you know, as she's, you know, literally going into space and there's this very, you know, high tech future culture. And then, you know, she studies the past. Um, that's something that I really like to weave in. And that just gave me chills, V. <laughs> oh, yeah. <It> like, <laughs> chills. Um, have you ever been scared that you were going to find an object that was haunted cursed or something and you're going to like bring it home and something's going to attach itself to you through the object (laughs) i mean definitely we we don't bring things home um you know they 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 go to um to be cataloged with with our company or hopefully back to the tribe um you know that whole like it belongs to the museum no no it belongs it belongs to the belongs to the people yeah um but i actually do know a a gentleman who we work with who is you know he, he is tribal but um he brought back something, you know, from obviously it's his own, his own people's land. He brought back something and uh, like his truck broke down and a bunch of stuff started happening. And he's like, okay, all right, 
Sorry, yeah. ancestors. <laughs> <My bad. laughs> and he, he brought it back. It was like a super long hike. He's like, I don't care. I'm bringing it back. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's very important. I'm superstitious enough that I'm like, do not touch anything. Um, I do. I do have like the, sometimes when you, when you enter a place, like a, a site, there is a feeling. Um, and I, I think part of it is just like, this is a pretty place. I would camp here too, you know, on, on a very um, analytical level. Mm-hmm. But there is this this tingle that, that you yeah. get. And, um, you know, I, I don't know how real that is or how, how much it's just, um, you know, that, that instinct of this is, this is a safe place for, for me to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely that. See, I, I, I get that feeling a lot. So I used to, not so much anymore because it's New England, uh, I used to do a lot of urban exploring, so uh, abandoned buildings, uh, in sewers, old mental institutions, things like that. You know, like all the fun places you want to go on a date. Like, let's explore this abandoned sewer line. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but I, I get that feeling of the, the tingle you get when you walk into a place that's very special or something. Mm-hmm. You okay? <laughs> yeah. I just got my COVID vaccine like two days ago. So I, I know. have a couple of the, <laughs> the weird little, little side effects going on. Yeah. No, I, um, I understand that too. When I got mine last week, the week before, I can't even remember anymore. Um, it made my asthma terrible for like four days. Yeah. It's been mostly just a headache yeah. and like a little bit of <clears throat> voice throat stuff. Um, but you're yeah. halfway to freedom now. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I, last night I was looking at that. Um, I think we're both supposed we're both scheduled for like the same comic convention in October, and I yes. was like, "It's gonna happen. It it actually could. Yeah, I know. Like it could happen." And I was like, so I, I was sad. I mean, it makes sense that I'm totally, you know, I'm totally on board with with postponing and canceling everything, but. Um, I was sad because it was supposed to be like an early launch event for heretics, which is, which is the fourth Nell, ben- Nell Bentley book. And so it was, you know, like, Oh, it's a, it's a letdown. You know, my, my previous book launch was also during the pandemic. So it's like, yeah, just come on now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what's fun is that the fifth Nell Bentley book is coming out in October. And so it's like, Oh, well, it'll just be for, for the next one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, I have only launched books during a pandemic. Well, it's only up. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I I will admit I was stalking your website and I saw these great photos of you like in bookshops, Mm -hmm. giving readings. And I thought, can you imagine what that would be like, Jennifer? It's it's terrifying, frankly. <laughs> and it, I think I was so like I see pictures like that all the time from people, but I was so um, connected to yours because we do both live in the same very small state that really only has like four bookstores. <laughs> and I feel like New England, may, maybe it's because there's such a, a strong European history um, here, but I, I feel like a lot of it's like very historical or literary focused a lot of the yeah. time. Um, I mean, Boston's sort of different. But, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes when, when you walk into those, you know, small local bookstores and they're like, you're right, what now? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten the, like, this is, I, we, we don't have a big horror, like, clientele mm-hmm. here. I'm like, well, it's, you don't even know what you my book is that. about. <laughs> and you don't know that. <laughs> and, um, so, 
Are you born and raised in New England? Yep. yep. In New Hampshire? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I currently live about 30 minutes away from the hospital where I was born. You know, and, and I've, I've moved Me around, too. <laughs> but I, that's currently where, I, where I'm at. So. Well, I love that. Um, I think, do you think that New England, the whole vibe of where we live, especially New Hampshire, does that play a role in how you write and what you write? I'm sure it does. I, you know, I, I haven't really thought about it on that level. I do, you know, I, I do incorporate a lot of the things that I encounter traveling and, and for the most part, I, I pretty much exclusively work in New England. And so I've seen a lot of the smaller rural towns and a lot of the, you know, really strange areas where you might not like, not the touristy areas, you know, I, I've also seen the touristy areas, but there's something about you know, such a varied landscape and, uh, you know, a varied community, like, you know, New, New Hampshire versus Vermont, like the culture is totally different. I know when, uh, <laughs> I was just about to say like, Vermont and New Hampshire could be different countries, different right. cultures. And like, a lot of that, you know, it's just studying culture and stuff like that. You know, a lot of that is based on at least the, the European cultures that that were settling there and what their their trades were so you know like vermont super agrarian and that's more community-based and then new hampshire it's mostly like sheep and rocks (laughs) and mills also also you know (laughs) yeah so it's like not not so much you know with with the big community thing and um so i definitely think that you know it is incorporated into both my fantasy and and my sci-fi because I've been able to experience so many different little pockets of culture um, in, in a very small area. And I think that the, the strongest thing I think about like sci-fi and fantasy for me is like the world building. Mm-hmm. And I love that you've seen so much of the world in such a small microcosm mm-hmm. of this country. Cause for people who are listening, who aren't from new England, V is totally right when she says it's, you can go like three towns over and it is a completely different way of life mm-hmm. in a way, politically. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so like I live in um, like a little tiny town that is incredibly conservative, but for like the past many years I've worked in Concord, New Hampshire, which is our state capital, which is very liberal. And you just, I got numbed to the fact that everybody in New Hampshire was liberal and then I forgot. And then I forgot like when you like drive around and you're like, Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I I always joke that New Hampshire is like libertarian, the state. It is. Or Texas with snow pants. Um, (laughs) Cause it, cause it is. And it, it, it is kind of neat that, you know, you can drive like an hour North and it's a totally different world. There are these massive mountains, you know, when you just left like this more, you know, Valley with all these lakes and things like that. And I, speaking of working it into my books, the second Nell Bentley book is set in new England. She actually has to hitchhike and cross part of new England. Um, well, she's running from the law. <laughs> Love it. And and a lot of that was because it's, you know, it's it's a place that I work in, that I've lived in, and that I really enjoy being in to some extent, you know, depending on where you are. <laughs> and I just had to had to include that because like, especially when you work on these, you know, massive power lines and you see these incredible views. And, you know, again, it's such a small space. 
it's, it's just really neat. Yeah. Like when you look at New Hampshire on a map and it's just like so tiny and you think <laughs> pretty much wherever you are in New Hampshire, you can drive an hour and be in a, a different world. Like, so like where I live, I drive an hour, I'm in Boston. I drive an hour, I'm at the ocean. I drive an hour, I'm in the middle of the mountains. I drive an hour, I'm in Vermont, <laughs> which is you know, a different world. Yeah. Different mountains. Yeah. Different mountains, you know. Yeah. So, okay, I love this. So archaeology, I, I wanted to ask you, but I didn't, I'm just going to pry. Mm-hmm. You live in a tiny house. which Sort of, kind of. Sort of, kind of. I mean, you're not there right now. You're yeah. in a hotel. Um I have like this weird obsession with tiny houses, which is like kind of why I'm asking. Um, But it does lead back to writing. So you live in a tiny house with your husband and a dog. How do you write? (laughs) Because I live in a small house (laughs) and it's difficult with a husband and a dog and an elderly mom. (laughs) So also one of those. Um, Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Though she's not, you know, in, in our house. So we live across the driveway from, from my mother. Um, and I moved back several years ago to build said tiny house and also help my father and, um, who's, who's passed now. And of course now we're also just still there because we're sort of dealing with the pandemic stuff and helping my mom, you know, get my dad's estate stuff in. in yeah. Order. Um, it's, it's not easy. Um, <laughs> I keep looking at tiny house kits and thinking, we're going to do this. You need and boundaries. Then, <laughs> and then I think, God, I'll kill everybody if I. Yeah, it's, it's difficult, but I mean, to, to be fair. So I, I met my husband digging, you know, he's, he's a fellow archeologist. We actually met um, on the 2016 election night. And I like to joke, he was the only good thing about it. That is a very uh, <laughs> good thing about that. Just focus on that. That alone. So, um, you know, we, we are used to very small spaces, like living in, I mean, this hotel room is like giant, um, but most of our hotel rooms are very small. And, you know, some places even have you bunking with other people. Um, yeah. <laughs> hopefully they don't. I mean, obviously we, you know, we do, but like, you know, it, yeah. we're adults, we don't need to do that. Um, so we, we were very much used to living in small spaces, living out of suitcases, you know, living in, in a very nomadic way, you know, before we even ever met each other, before we started dating. And then, you know, doing the same job, we almost always work for the same company because they, they get a deal on us. Um, it's like, I understand the that. <laughs> My husband and I met through dance and we're both dance instructors. Mm-hmm. And we've worked together forever. You just fall into it. (laughs) And now like we both work out of our house, which is small. And we're like, this is just our life. Yeah. And yeah, for us, it it was pretty normal. Um, You know, and at least, you know, with, with like when we're at home, we have like a space that is ours. It's designed for us. Um, And and that's nice. But yeah, definitely the, the boundaries thing is nice, but we're both, fairly introverted you know he he'll be on you know across the room <laughs> um, you know playing playing his guitar or you know video games shut or whatever up. shut up he's a guitarist yeah yeah he, so, he just got a new guitar for his birthday so um I just feel like we're living parallel lives <laughs> it's weird when that happens <laughs> like, um we're the same person except I don't dig I don't dig but I would Soon. I would Soon. I, I know <laughs> 
I would. I would do it. Um, I hate ticks, though. I have a very, really, really intense fear of ticks. You, you don't. I have stories that you don't want to hear. I don't <laughs> want to hear them, but part of me does. Um, yeah, I don't like ticks. Don't like those black spiders that look hairy. Mm-hmm. But There's I lots of bugs. Lots yeah. Of bugs. I mean, every other bug I'm pretty much fine with. Like, I'm a, I don't kill bugs. I kill ticks, obviously. But yeah, yeah, ticks are gross. Last night I was taking a, a writing class that I take every Wednesday night. And there was a spider in my bed. And I was taking the class, like, in my bed. And it was, like, crawling. And I was just, like, trying to find it. And I kept, like, darting out of the camera and coming back. And I had to keep turning the camera off. And I'm, like... I couldn't leave, so, like, I wanted to capture the spider and put it outside, but then I just, like, had the spider in my hand for many minutes. <laughs> I was like, I think we're going to take a break soon. <laughs> we better and I could, like, feel the spider soon. in my hand, like, panicking. It's doing the mime thing, like, how did I get here? I was crawling on the sheet, and now I'm here. <laughs> I usually, I, I have an arrangement with the spiders in my house, which is you, you stay there and over there and, and we're cool. And that's cool. That's fine. You eat the other bugs. Yep. Did usually you build your tiny house? Yeah. So my, my dad was a contractor and oh, okay. he taught me how to do CAD design. And so I did all of the design myself. Um, mm. It has a little arched roof, um, like a sort of like a Romani Vardo was a little Love bit of the, the inspiration. and. Um, it's got two little overhangs and, and all that. And, you know, it's, there's definitely still some work that needs to be done. Um, and we're having some issues trying to find places where we can park it. That Okay. I was going to ask if my mom's driveway. Mobile. Yeah. Mo- yeah. Mobile. Because <laughs> some I, people are like, you know, it's here. But I'm like, I want a tiny house that I could just... Just wherever. pick up and move. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's sort of the, the nice part. And that was you know, being kind of nomadic with archaeology, you know, that was my, my initial goal. Um, but, you know, as, as some things have changed and, you know, especially given like pandemic, um, yeah. stuff like that, you know, we're, we're thinking about maybe finding a place that's a little bit more, more permanent, um, but finding a place that where we can, you know, park um, legally is, is very difficult. Uh, especially in New Hampshire. We're, we're looking at mass now for, okay. for a lot of, again, different cultural reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I can understand that. <laughs> um, so did you, when did you decide, cause that's so what I'm hearing, you know, you were going to school for pre-med, you're a biology major, you're passionate about archeology. span Where did the writing come from? I don't know. Uh, no, I, like, I, when did that happen? <laughs> I I was a really like lonely, isolated kid, and so I had a lot of like imaginary friends and imaginary worlds that mm, that I would visit. Yeah, and you know, I, I grew up in the woods, um, and you know, a lot of my my childhood was just this creative sort of thing. And you know, my my parents read me a lot of stories. My dad was a big sci fi fantasy fan, so that's that's where the, that genre came in. Okay, um, and. You know, I, I just always made up stories and made up games and things like that. And then when I got older, you know, my, my mom is, is a writer. She was an editor for actually regional magazine, Yankee magazine. Oh, for, shut up! For, for 25 years, I know. <laughs> Which that is, is like New England terrifying. royalty. 
you you don't want the senior managing editor of Yankee Magazine editing your college and high school essays. No, I can't imagine. (laughs) That would be terrible. That would be terrible. Um, But yeah, so I, you know, that, that was in my, in my blood and that, that sort of pursuit of story was, was in my blood. And then I, I sort of felt like the, the journey between, you know, writer and and archaeologist were kind of tandem. Um, because they are both searching for the story. They're searching for the truth behind what happened, whether it's, you know, just imaginary stuff in my brain or actual people. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I, I decided to do, I had a lot of stories that I would just write and kind of play with. Uh, and then I decided to do it professionally, um, sort of my, my last year in university. And I, I did the like, traditional careering and, and stuff like that yeah. <laughs> it wasn't for me um at the, at the time it wasn't for that that story either you know I there were a lot of things that I wanted to to write and say that weren't really mainstream at that point luckily they are more now they're getting more now but yeah I yeah. understand so yeah that was that was really it it's like oh well, I'm, I'm gonna have my day job and I'm you know I'm gonna do this I'm gonna dig but I I also really want to be creative and yeah. it's, it's wonderful that, you know, I, during my day job, I can just, you know, as I'm screening and as I'm digging, you know, I can just think about these stories in, in my head and dream casting is what I, yeah. <laughs> Plot knots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the other night I was just staring off into space and my husband was like, like, what's going on? Are you having like a seizure or something? And I was like, no, I'm writing, but I wasn't <laughs> writing. Yeah. And then I just like kept like, he's so patient. Uh, because he's used to me I'm like like shouting ideas at him and he's like you're in the zone I'm gonna put my headphones in you just do what you have to do and I was like okay I just have to like lay here and like and think and think think about this um yeah so you started writing how many years ago was that when you were querying oh it was it was 2013 and 2014 yeah Mm -hmm. so it's like I think it's a different world completely mm-hmm. for the things that people are, I'm just going to say excited to read or yes. things that people are excited to publish or take a chance on. Um, yeah. I, but I mean, it's still, mm, but it's getting yeah. better. I've noticed a, a push and, and maybe so like, I'm, I'm super active on Twitter and, and maybe that's like, you know, why I, I feel this, but I have noticed a push in both traditional and, and indie publishing, but I think it's more um, surprising with traditional publishing where people are focusing more on like fandom tags and, and the, the way that fan fiction is, is written and tagged as like pairings and, you know, different tropes that you're seeing like, Oh, there's only one bed or, you know, access to lovers or, you know, my, my favorite is enemies to lovers, <laughs> you know, things, know, things like that. And I, I think keep seeing things that are called like bully romance. And I'm like, I don't want anything I don't, to do with that. I don't know about that one. I don't know. I don't, about that. I'm like, no, thank you. As a bully kid, not so much. Exactly. I'm like, nope, nope. Never would have accidentally started kissing the girl who beat me up. Never would have done that. <laughs> not once. But like, I, I think it's great because I think it is, it's a way to find readers that like are really like super excited about what you're writing. And, you know, I'm, I'm an avid fan fiction reader um though I haven't ever written my own uh 
and I, I just think that's that's really neat. And it's nice to see traditional publishing sort of catching on to like what makes these really intense fans. <laughs> I love that. Um, so I have to ask, because you said it, you're a very avid fan fiction reader. What is your favorite world? Oh, God. Fan fiction world. Well, okay. So <clears throat> I won't judge you. I love fan fiction. <laughs> Caveat, asterisk. Big disclaimer. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite fan fiction pairings, of course, is Harry Potter and Draco Malfoy. <gasps> um, I can see that. However, you know, J.K. Rowling is a flaming trash it's, fire. It's a terrible, yeah. And the only, the, the only thing that she did that was good, in my opinion, is create a space for that fan fiction. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I do really like uh, Sherlock and, and Watson. Um, yeah. I, I, I like a lot of the, the, you know, clear the, the currents. I'm a big Destiel fan. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not part of that, that fan. Oh, you're not a, oh, but I, a Supernatural fan? Or? It, it, uh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. I haven't watched a lot of it, to be fair. But I, and I to be fair, I didn't love it until they, until Castiel came on the show. And then I was like, that is the most sparkly chemistry I have ever seen between two straight men. Right, straight. <laughs> I know. I was I like, actually, nobody. <laughs> Come on. Even my husband's like, if they're going to have sex in this episode, I know they are. Like, <laughs> I, I always have a, like, just, you know, just kiss already whenever he's <laughs> doing that. Um, I'm also, my other um, kind of weird fan fiction is uh, Will Graham and Hannibal from the. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but. But yes, <laughs> I, that is the ultimate. That was one of my, my pandemic watches actually was, was Hannibal. And oh, it gosh. took my brain to some very interesting places. You know, you wasn't know. it beautiful and awful? It was. <laughs> and I, I think maybe because I, you know, I, I worked in healthcare, so I worked with a lot of death and then, you know, obviously I work with, you know, archeology. span That's like a lot of death and, and dying and that show must have been on. almost like pornography for you because there it is a lot really of intense. death and like <laughs> gross bone and antler things mm -hmm. yeah it was it was very interesting and um i was actually just we we're talking about um the different forms of cannibalism at work today we get some yes <laughs> and um, you know we were mostly focusing on like survival stuff um but it's it's a very interesting idea and i think it's really cool to explore it <laughs> this is like my <laughs> like being safe. it's okay you can say yeah. that you can say that but yeah I, I, it's, it's really interesting and i think it's a very um there, there's some really cool studies out there about like just processing and like how our brains process those sort of things and i, I think that's really cool that is yeah um are you an only child i am yep okay sorry just <laughs> me too <laughs> So just yeah, like my, you're, my you're, when you were, were talking about like why you're a writer and you're like, oh, I'm an isolated child. There was, no make, there was literally no one else. You have to look, you have to write your own friends. <laughs> my, my parents were like very, very old considering the, you know, the, the time period um, for having me. My, my dad was 46 and I'm almost 36. Holy sh <laughs> shut your mouth. Are we the same person? I think, um, <laughs> This is weird. Yeah, that is weird. You know, growing up, everybody was like, oh, you're here with your grandparents. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, those are my parents. Yep. And my dad was 46. That's weird. 
<laughs> I know. I'm like, oh my gosh, a portal is going to open up. We're going to meet. A portal will open up. We will get sucked into a weird universe that's filled with ghosts, abandoned buildings, archaeological finds, and you'll have to dig our way out of there. We're, or either that or we're going to have to go on Ancestry.com and see if there's something going I on. I know. I'm like, um, I am on Ancestry.com and I don't think you've popped up as like a long lost cousin. It's because I'm not a few. Yet. Oh, damn it. You've got to, you just got to do the spit test. Okay. <laughs> I did find a long lost cousin on there. So that's kind of cool. I, it was that's, really that's cool. There's yeah, actually some really cool, um, you know, the things that can be done with, with archaeology and Ancestry now. Um, so it's just like, I, ah. you should wait for like around the holidays. They do a special like two for one sale usually. And my husband and I did it and I thought it was great. I was like, oh, my whole life has been a lie. Cause I was told I was part Micmac Native American. No, I've been Elizabeth Warren. It's not there. <laughs> I I really want to do the, the 23 and me one um, because that goes, it's not as, um, detailed or specific but it it goes further back and that's the one that'll tell you how much neanderthal you have in you oh and i should I've do got that i've got some some interesting teeth and some interesting skull <laughs> formations that i <laughs> like lumps or like oh, I, I've, I've got the brow ridge and, i was gonna ask about the brow <laughs> yeah yeah i've got the brow ridge like if, if you turn sideways it's good quite space i know as i'm like <laughs> peering towards the camera for people who are just listening to this on audio that's true <laughs> um yeah i've got six in- on my teeth shut up yeah so, oh so. yeah definitely do the 23 and me one and i think the 23 and me also gives you like which it, it, you're a medical person uh it gives you like your risks of disease and stuff like that which is that skeeps me a bit just because <laughs> some of the weird stuff that can be done with genetic makeup and eugenics and things like that. I, that's sort of why I haven't done it yet is because I don't want someone to use my genes to be a trash human. Um, Uh, Yeah. See, I try not to think about it like that. (laughs) I listen to a ton of true crime podcasts Mm -hmm. and because of ancestry.com and 23andme, they've been able to like, you know, find, victim like the identity of victims find family members of victims and stuff like that so that's like that part of me is like please use my dna to put it into some place because maybe a long lost cousin is you know just Mm -hmm. nameless right now and so um and plus like everybody in new england i feel like it's just like a family filled with secrets so um (laughs) so i'm like pretty sure my DNA will eventually be used to solve a cold crime. <laughs> well, I, I hope it brings closure. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning about some of those family secrets. Like, I don't know. My, my mom acted like we were like totally normal, which of course doesn't exist, but like <laughs> we're totally normal for most of my childhood. And now like she'll just spit out something and I'm like, what now? Yes. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> like, what? What are mm-hmm. you saying? do you remember that time? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, I was not alive. And I think I would remember if you told me that. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. My mom's got like some like early dementia. So some of the things that pop out of her mouth, I was like, what? <laughs> News to me. Start writing that stuff down. Like that's, I do. That's- I do. And people are like, this is your next horror novel. I'm like, oh yeah. 
it is. <laughs> you have no idea. True crime. <laughs> True crime. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So you have um, a new book coming out in October. I do. Um, and one coming out in May. Yes. So yes. I, we probably should have talked more about that instead of just like <laughs> bones and blood. Uh, well, so there's a lot of that in the books, to be fair. So, and, and I feel like if people hear this, they're going to go, mm, I do really want to see more about this. So tell us real quick about the book that's coming out in May. So it's the fourth book in the Star's Edge Nell Bentley series. And just for those who maybe aren't familiar, that is a book series that follows archaeologist Dr. Nell Bentley. And uh, the first book, she discovers that her like pristine, awesome career making dig site is actually the center for an intergalactic feud. And uh, she's kind of thrown into this world of like high tech, higher stakes and is really upset about it. <laughs> she's, she's a wicked skeptic. And so this is like a nightmare for her. Um, so the, the series follows her as she realizes everything that she realized, you know, it is no longer true about this field that she loves and the world that she loves. And then she starts to kind of maybe fall a little bit in love with one of the not so uh, terrestrial women who is is part of her part of her new field of study and uh yeah so the the fourth book follows her as she actually returns to earth because she was not so much there in the third book and she comes back and you know she she realizes she no longer maybe fits in the earth that she left because she's changed so much and it's changed so much since you know since she was gone and uh she and her on again off again uh, girlfriend Lynn are uh, tracking a killer sound wave, sound signal across Earth, and oh, interesting! Hoping to save save the people who are left on Earth uh, from it. Gosh, <laughs> I love all of that. Um, <laughs> gosh, I'm like, um, I want to fall in love with a female. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've done it, but I mean, like, like an, a female, like extraterrestrial being. I want that with with immaculate style. Immaculate style. See, my husband's listening to this because he's our producer and he's going, what? <laughs> it's just, you know, some, some costume inspiration for, you know, your next Comic-Con or something. Yeah. You know, like when we can leave the house again. <laughs> I know. I can't wait. Soon. Soon. Um, v, you were great. And I, I love talking to you. And I know we just like kind of chatted and I'm like, oh, crap, the books. Um, but... <laughs> But uh, you were awesome. So thank you for coming. I'm sure we will talk again really soon. Everybody who watched live, thank you so much. If you're watching on the replay, also thank you. If you're listening to just the audio, be thankful because you didn't see me like peer up really dangerously <laughs> close to the camera. That was weird. Um, you know, I'm a great host. <laughs> this has been Writer's Showcase. It is a copywritten podcast from the Global Authors on the Air Network. I want to thank Mickey Mickelson from Creative Edge for being our sponsor. I want to thank Pam Stack at Global Authors on the Air for being our executive producer. Roman Sorotin for being our producer. And I will see you guys all in a few weeks. Um, I don't know who the guest is next week and who the host is, but 
stay tuned. It's going to be great. Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. Um, so I'll see you guys all in a few weeks. And if you haven't gotten enough of me, you can tune into Vox Vomitus next Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we will be talking with the author Deborah K. Shepard. 